We'd like to thank our sponsor, SLC Guitar, for another sweet guitar riff. Welcome to another episode of Build with Breen Homes, where we talk all things construction, business management, and just have a good old time behind the microphone. Mr. Breen, we're back. <laughs> and we're back. We might need to just roll that into the very first part of every episode. <laughs> no, I kind of like that it has this like uh, new ring to it, even though it's the same yeah. old tune. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I'm afraid if we just rolled that into the same guitar riff, you know, it'd just be the same thing. <laughs> it's kind of fun to catch, you know. It is. How's Brand? I, I feel like maybe we could psychologically break down, like, how is Brandon feeling today based <laughs> totally on how could. he says Mr. Breen? You totally could. You totally could. Because it could be like, all right, Mr. Breen, let's, uh, let's see. Let's yeah, go and have that conversation. You just there. got serious. Yeah. <laughs> now you got to listen. Now you got to listen. Oh, I don't know, God. man. Um, I think we just free flow today. Yeah. Uh, tell me, or I, I do have a question. How do you feel sales are going for you right now? I've been hearing a lot about ooh, two questions. You okay. can choose which okay. one ooh. you want. Yeah. We get a, we get a pick or choose. Yeah, you messed up because I, I just thought of I'll another take what's one. What's behind door two? Two? Okay. All right. <laughs> so first door, sales. Mm-hmm. Second door is poaching. 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 Have you had any issues with anybody poaching your employees? Not that I'm aware of. (laughs) Employees, have we? That's like something I better ask. No. No, um, To be frank, I mean, you, you, I think you kind of know my, I'm taking door number two currently. Taking door number two. Got it. Um, Poaching employees. I, I don't know of any, I'm a, I would, I would be surprised if my employees hadn't been uh, uh, approached by other companies. Why? Um, why would I be surprised if they hadn't? Yeah. Because I know we're just currently in a market where people are looking for uh, individuals that are willing to work, know the industry, have some knowledge. And I believe my employees are great at that. So right. other contractors out there, back off. <laughs> <laughs> I roll around with a gun in my car <laughs> and I'm not afraid to go to jail again. <laughs> I love the again. <laughs> I've never been to jail. Jail don't scare me. Yeah, I have friends that have been to jail. I haven't, but <laughs> trust me, I know they're right people. <laughs> nice. Um, and no, I, I say that because I, I do think that people look for good people in the industry. Got it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, I think you know my stance on employees. Mm-hmm. I I feel like I've tried to, in a roundabout way, address that with my employees by saying, "Hey, I I recognize that there's going to be you know the grass is going to look greener on the other side, and it may be, and if it is, rock on, high five. Number one, give me the opportunity, but number two, yeah, put some constructive look on that before you just jump and chase a higher paycheck. Um, I personally believe that uh, maybe I don't pay my employees the most. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't think we're the least, but I think the opportunities I give my employees, number one, to see the whole process and not just be stuck in a position to feel like they're a part of the the team and not only the team, but feel like they actually have a part in the company, uh, whether it's a profit share or an ownership and not just an employee. Okay. I, I don't want them to feel like they're just a tool sitting behind a computer. You know, so for me, I believe that I, I kind of have this overall view of we don't have a set PTO. 
take whatever days off you want, you need to, just make sure your job gets done. I mean, that's kind of the way I run my day-to-day business anyways. So I I feel like as long as they're getting their work done, they're available when they need to be, man, take a mental day. Take a, if it snows six feet, go skiing, like go enjoy it. Um, And I don't feel like a lot of other business owners maybe take that same approach. It's you're working for me 40 hours a week. That's what I'm paying you for. And I'm going to try to stretch you to 50. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like a lot of employers take a look of, I'm going to try to get the most out of you for the least amount of pay. Mm-hmm. And as an employee, they're going to say, I'm going to try to do the least amount of work for the most amount of pay. Mm-hmm. And there's always this opposite ends of the spectrum. How do we meet somewhere in the middle? Right. I try to look at it of how do we create good balance in your life and create the life that you want mm-hmm. in a fair, you know, moldable concept that works for me and for you. So I look at a lot of my employees and I go, don't take that for granted. Right. Because the minute you go somewhere else and you tattoo Mm-hmm. That company's logo on your back. Yep. You're now branded. You're stuck. You you eat, breathe, live, and sleep that life. Yep. And if you don't, there you're fired. And guess what? We provide everything for you. We provide exactly. your vehicle, your insurance, yep. your income. Yep. A lot of them even provide their vacations. Yep. And yet they sit there and go, oh, "Well, I got a I got a really good job, but they don't have a balanced lifestyle." Yeah. I could totally understand that. I I know I've. I have been in situations where I, and I learned this really early in my working career side, that the grass isn't always greener on the other side. You know, okay, here's an extra X amount of dollars. And then once you get over there, it's a, okay, I got the dollars, but man, yeah, I really enjoyed my boss. Or, yeah. Not really jiving with this boss, but that's okay. That's okay. Right, or, right. Oh, dang! I miss those company parties. Yeah, where you can just hang out and you get to know it's the your people homies, that, the people you yeah, like. Exactly. Right? And it's it's one thing to have like your coworkers, your boss and his boss, and structured mm-hmm. management, and ah, yeah. I, I take you know take like a tech company for a long time. Tech companies when they started up were like the cool place to go work, right? Yep. Because you went in and you were like in this amazing cool building. Mm-hmm. And they had ping pong and pool tables and an mm-hmm. open bar, and they gave you lunch. Yep. And one of the first times I realized that it was like this prison within a prison <laughs> was friends that I started to talk to that worked for tech companies. And they would tell me, like, they got to work at 6 a.m. Yep. and they left to work at 8 p.m. Yep. Mm-hmm. But it was all good, man. They were making 250000 a year, and they got breakfast, lunch, and dinner mm-hmm. paid for by the company, served to them, man. They had a yep. they had a chef come around and say, sir, what would you like for dinner what tonight? What would you like? Yeah. You know? And then they they realized, or they they said, yeah, and I also took a two-hour break. We we gamed with some homies, yeah. you know, whether it was ping pong or Nintendo games, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And then I, you go into their office, and you're like, this is kind of a cool setup. They've got their team flag and all their coworkers <laughs> around within their department, and there's... And you think this sounds all awesome, and you're like, but wait, you worked from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m.? Yep. And then you went and got beers after work with a couple of friends that you work with, and they also asked you to come in on Saturday? That that sucks. All for a couple hundred grand a year? Like, man, you've given away your life. Yeah. You know, so to your point, I just look at it and go, I feel like they sugarcoated jail. I, I could understand And that. said, we own you. You tattoo our logo on your back. Yeah. You know, because we're going to create your friendships, your social atmosphere, your playtime, your food, even your gym. We may put a gym facility in here. That all sounds awesome, but don't leave our building. You stay right here. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. I never really thought about it like that, but that 
makes sense. I can I could definitely see that. I've been to a couple of places, tech companies, and for sure I was wowed. It's like, wait, you got a full on cafeteria, you can get whatever you want, plus have these options here? Yep. Yep. All right, well, where do you work? Well, let me let me check out your desk area here. Well, okay. Got a little small space. Yeah. But okay. But you have the rest of the building where you can go work, where there's mm-hmm. couches and yeah, I can go sit wherever I want. Nap rooms. It's awesome. <laughs> right. Big old screen TVs that we're gonna watch the game while we work. I'm sorry. I parts of that's appealing. And then parts of it's like, I don't how much work would I really get done? Yeah. You know, like, am I going to be here to your point? Am I going to be here instead of four hours getting this done? Am I really going to be here like eight hours? Yeah. Because I'm messing around the rest of the day and getting interrupted and all of that stuff. So I well, want totally that really what you point. want, right? Like, yeah. cool. Yeah. Okay. Now, you know, now down the road, you decide to get married, mm-hmm. have a family. Mm-hmm. And suddenly it's not just cool enough to have a, enough of an income to drive a cool cool car to work and back right. or pay high rent in an apartment with four homies. Mm. Now you've got balance that you have to, or you want to spend time with family away from work mm-hmm. and you want to take vacations and they're going, uh, uh-uh. we <laughs> own you. Remember that brand that you have on your back. So yeah, I, again, back to poaching employees. I'm sure it happens. I, I just hope that, you know, as that happens, my employees will, you know, number one, consider that the grass is not greener on the other side. Right. And number two, if it does appear that way, they'll come and be honest with me and give me an opportunity. Right. You know, because like I said, I mean, we had Sam on here a few episodes ago, and I said, I, I kind of can't wait for that time that we get to have the conversation saying, you're better than this. Mm-hmm. And it, he may come to me and say, hey, I've got an offer for X amount or, you know, a year or an hour or whatever it is. And I may say, yeah, but consider X, Y, and Z. Exactly. And he goes, you're totally right. I'm staying here. Or I may say, God, I got to step up my game to keep him around. Yep. And if I go, I can't because my business just didn't grow fast enough for you. Yep. That's the point where I want to high five him and said, you've outgrown my company. Rock on. Fly a little bird. Open take up those off. wings and take off, buddy. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's, that's awesome. I can't be mad about that. So I had, I had a, I don't want to say a boss, but a mentor many years ago. And he, he always took the time to like, explain. Mm-hmm. You know, if he ever had to come down on me about something, which was quite often, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he always took the really? time. Nah. Yeah, yeah, surprising, I don't right? Believe that. Surprising, <laughs> shocking. I thought you were like the perfect kid, you know, nah. button up shirt. <laughs> I could tell you some stories, <laughs> but we're coming back to that. <laughs> gosh, yeah. But he was very good at chewing my ass, but then being like, "Do you understand why I am talking to you about this?" Yeah. And being a kid, I was always like, no, nah, I don't get it. I don't mm-hmm. get it. And just that emotional, you know, upset, like, dude's coming down on me. What the hell did I do? Yeah. He he always broke it down. He always broke it yeah. down. Okay, this is what you did. This is why what you did was wrong. Yeah. Do you understand that? Okay, I get it now. Okay, this is why what I told you was the issue so this is what we're going to do to correct that do you have any comments concerns about that yeah he always like had this way of speaking to me that helped me go okay i did screw up yeah i i I see that now thank you for pointing that out and then this is what we're going to do to correct that yeah 
I find that a lot of this poaching mm-hmm. that's happening right now could some cases could be related to how employees are treated. 100%. Yeah. Some are treated like gold, some are treated great, and then mm-hmm. some are treated like they're just a cog. Yeah. Basically. So, is there a way how do you feel you would I'm trying to think how to phrase phrase this question? Is there a way that you think could be universal for companies to show value? for their employees. No, I really don't. I mean, that's, it's a good, it's a good thought. I, cause everybody's I, different, right? Everybody's yeah, I, I be... love to think like, I mean, what, you know, the, the, the sharing groups that I'm a part of the associations that are nonprofits that I serve with, I am somebody that wants to give back to the community and wants this, this big happy world of all of us to just get along. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's not the reality. Right. Like the, the reality comes down to like, I'm going to run something different than the way somebody else is. Correct. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with a company that says, I pay you and I expect you to do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. You know, like you get paid to do this and that's all you do. Good luck. See you later. Um, or there's nothing wrong with a, a boss that says, listen, I run the show. I take on the liability. I take on all the the brunt of the, the work. Correct. Uh, I expect you to do whatever I say. You know, like that. And honestly, a lot of people, I think the majority of our society has learned, I wouldn't say it's necessarily like human nature, but I think people have learned to just be that way. Yeah. You know, just do what you're told. Yeah. Follow the law, obey the rules, do what do what we say. Right, I think it starts in school. You know? So yeah, like yeah. yeah, exactly. Like there's nothing wrong with it. I oftentimes take, you know, I I, I come from the the LDS church, uh, from a heavy background and still have, am active in it. And I've always struggled because I my personality takes kind of that leadership role where I do what I want or what I justify yeah. and not what I'm told. I don't do good with being told what to do, period. Like, surprise. <laughs> Hold on. Wait, are you serious about that? <laughs> surprise, everybody. Whoever didn't know that. Um, and, you know, for a lot of a lot of people, they look at the church as just like, it's just rules to follow. You just follow the rules. Yeah. And I look at it and go, okay, let's get get rid of the religious side of any religion. Get rid of that and take the business organization side. They're always going to select what and make rules based around what's best for the majority of their followers, right? Yeah. So if they say, listen, caffeine is addictive, don't drink caffeine. Mm-hmm. It's not because they're saying, well, the people that can control their life, cool, just drink it in moderation. They're just saying it's way easier for us to just say don't do it because 80% of the people can't control that. Yeah. Yep. You know? Yeah. So I, I think they make blanket statements when you're dealing with millions of people. You're leading millions of people. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to make these blanket statements of just like, here's the rule. Do this. And I actually think the majority of people prefer to do that. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't sense. have to think about it. I just want to be told what to do. That makes sense. You know? So, like, it is it is hard when you get those, those leaders to step into roles that – are just being told what to do and they recognize it's only good for the majority of people because we're all individuals and we're all different. Yeah, yeah. It is really hard for, you know, us to sit back and go, yeah, I get that that's a rule or a law, but it doesn't work for me. So you'd be okay with the, all right, you have your, your C-suite, you know, CEOs, all those good folks mm-hmm. that have people under them, that have people under them that manage people in their little groups individually yeah so hey i know i know you 
you need an extra like hour or right. so on Wednesdays and Thursdays. Now you got some family stuff. You know, why don't you just go ahead and get that taken care of? Mm-hmm. This is between us, but I, I need you to make sure you get your work done. Right. Well, I have any problems with that whatsoever as long as you're getting your work done. Right. Having that personal level of ownership, even between that manager and then that manager's manager and then C-suite level executives or whatever, would you find that important? Yeah, you have to, because like C-suite really has the ability. There there are uh, unicorns out there that have the ability to know everyone in their company's name. Yeah, for sure. And people take pride in that. Well, I know every single employee's name that I have. Mm. Yeah, but do you are you involved with them on a daily basis to know what's mm-hmm. going on in their lives? Mm-hmm. Well, I know their wives and I know their kids and I've, I've taken pride in knowing who that is yeah. and what they do. Yeah. Yeah, but again, every day are you involved in that individual? That's why you have yeah. upper management, middle management, lower management, employees, you know, whatever it is, is yeah. to allow that breakdown to say, I personally know this person mm-hmm. and they're just going through a hard time or they're exactly. just having a tough day. They need to take some time off. And I, I approve that. I mean, look at it the same way that I run a job site, right? I mean, I've mm-hmm. got a client that hires me, i.e. Mm-hmm. Breen Homes, but they hire me. And then I put middle management employees to manage subcontractors that have their employees on a job. Yeah. Do I really know that employee's name from the subcontractor that is doing the work and what they're Great going point. through? Great point. No, I mean, at some point I got to rely on my middle management team to be communicating with the owners of the subcontracting companies yeah. that are communicating with the employees that may say, sorry, we just didn't make it there today. Or our crew is only three instead of five. Right. You know, we just, we needed a day. We've been working hard overtime hours. Mm-hmm. So-and-so is going through some relationship issues, right? Like I think that's okay. So I don't know, again, I have to be able to take responsibility of what that employee of the subcontractor does right. when I go back to my my uh, client. Right. For and sure. I have to go in and say, listen, you don't know. I don't know. Maybe my project manager doesn't know, but mm-hmm. the boss of that company to that employee knows. And we're told we need to take a little bit of a step back or right. give this person some time or pull someone new in here or train somebody else. Right. You know, so I don't know. I mean, I, I think to, to blanket statement – a set of rules well technically not that our government does a great job with it but we already have rules and laws in place mm-hmm. of how we have to manage employees yeah i think yeah. the the more you can do on your own the better culture you can create and provide yourself yeah and i think that's i'm so glad you said that i think a lot of it has to do with culture mm-hmm. period and um i think it's very important that corporations focus on culture yeah because that will prevent a lot of issues that could be, you know, swept under the carpet and people bring to attention, hey, my boss actually listens to what I have to say yeah. about X, Y, and Z. So I'm gonna bring attention and then it, it might save a buck, might save yeah. a couple employees. One way or another, I think the culture is super, super important. Yeah. You went back to one of your first questions was was how are sales you know, yeah. let's go back to door number. Let's close door number two and open door, up number, door number two one. is closed. <laughs> <laughs> um, not that I don't want to go into that, but I think that's a, a great podcast for another time. Okay. Um, sales, sales are great right now for me. I, I know that there's been parts of my industry that have been heavily stopped by interest rates, uh, you know, recession, looming recession, whatever that is, you know, slowdown of whatever markets it is, cost of things, hyperinflation. For me, we've seen probably an uptick in uh, remodels and additions 
mm-hmm. but there still are the calls coming in for, you know, custom new construction as well. Mm-hmm. You know, but man, I, over the past two weeks, I've probably gone through eight or nine new bids, new client, you know, contra- contacts. Nice. Um, you know, and it's been a, a, an array of everything from, you know, small remodel addition in a house to full remodel addition uh, to new construction, new custom construction. I think it's still out there, you know, yeah. in my niche of the market, I think it's still out there. You think it's coming back strong? Yeah. I mean, from what I hear, you know, the, the lending company we work around here, the real estate agents we work around here, uh, I, I've heard them use the term, it's not a bust, it's a boom market that we're going into. Okay. I think that's maybe a little uh, uh, dramatic to say. Mm. Um, but I also think that there are some unique parameters here in Salt Lake City, Utah, and our, our Salt Lake Valley and the east bench of the Salt Lake Valley that isn't going to change, yeah. you know, and that we will continue to grow. Yeah. Um, but I can also say, this is where I say it's dramatic to say we're in a boom or we're coming into a boom. Um, I think that the hyperinflation and the high interest rates is slowing down our economy. Uh, absolutely. You know, like right. I just, just the other day I was looking into... Uh, bought a new vehicle for my wife and looking into, okay, do we pull out a loan on it? Do we not? And I just started playing the the numbers game of like, okay, cool. An auto loan at the time is like seven or eight percent. Mm-hmm. I was like, screw that. I'm mm-hmm. like pulling out an auto loan. Right. And then I was like, yeah, maybe I'll just uh, adjust my HELOC and throw it on that. So I go back to my bank and said, hey, what what could I do on my HELOC? And they wanted like nine percent on the HELOC. And I'm like, nah, dude, screw it. I'm not getting a loan on any of this. Like now's right. not the time to get a loan. Right. You know, and both uh my banker from the loan on the auto and banker where I do my personal uh house loan said, Hey, we'll get back to you when and if interest rates come down. Yeah. You know, but to me, I'm like, at what point do I go back into lending? Yeah. Uh, because right now it's always been like, oh man, money at two, three, four percent is pretty cheap. Lend yeah, it. For sure. And right now at eight, nine percent, I'm going not worth it. Not worth it. I'm not lending it. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I think that's probably the same for a lot of individuals that have that right. are in that same market. For sure. Um, you know, and this is where it's really sad to me. The individuals that have to take out those loans are just getting screwed and hammered bad. and beat down bad. bad. You know, so those people that need a new car because the old car died on them, mm-hmm. they have to go buy a new car. Yep. And I don't know, maybe they were already used to a 20, 25% because they're used to credit cards credit and cards high loans. And yeah. mm-hmm. But I can't imagine that those are still there. I got to imagine those are up at 30, 35% now. Right. You right. know, so those individuals that have to go lend money to continue on living their life mm. are just getting beat up right now. I mean, I, I still look at that. Um, I guess you could say first home buyers, mm-hmm. you know, the, the kids that are obviously now not just out of school, you know, been out of school for a little while, living with the folks or yeah. living with, a, you know, a group of friends or whatever. And now they're making enough money to where five years ago, four years ago, maybe even, yeah, probably four years ago was like, all right. Yeah. You know, I got, I'm making enough money now. I could afford my own place. Mm-hmm. Then they go out in the market and they look for that very that very first starter home and they're like, "Holy crap! I got to come up with a half million dollars." Yeah, yeah. A starter home. Right, right. Guess <laughs> I'm working for another 10, 15 years before yeah. I get to that point. Where we grew up, I mean, how often did you say a million dollar home? Like, oh, million dollar home, in a mansion. It's, it's a mansion. million dollar yep. home. Yep. And nowadays you're like, yep. that is every home you drive past. It's insane. That's crazy. So I mean, yeah, it's, we could sit here and go on all day about that, but mm-hmm. I think so many people are tied into you know, 
let's say upper mid or lower class, the the people that bought over the past I don't know, five, seven years, three years and got tied into those interest rates somewhere between two and five mm. uh, and had hyperinflation hit as they, as they grew uh, equity in their home, mm. they're sitting in positions going, access to equity or not, whether I want to take out more of a loan or not. Yeah. I now have a, a larger spread between what I paid for or how much I owe on my house and what it's, the value is. And most of my clients have some cash or access to cash in between. Yeah. And they go, I'm just not going to spend money on new right now because then I have to redo my loan and I have to pay 6 7 8% on it. Yep. Um, I'm not going to go out and take loans on everything else out, but we're going to be here for another two, three, four, five years. So let's spend... 100, 200, 300, 400 million dollars and put it into the existing house we have because we have a good rate on it. Totally. And we'll just sit on that. Totally. And so I'm seeing a lot more of that right now. Wow. Right um, and I think it's a good market to be in. I've had a couple of folks call me and ask me if, uh, hey, do you think XYZ contractor could build you know, new 7,500 um, square foot house for X amount of money. Well, I got to tell you the dollar yeah. amount, but let's say, um, I think the last one was like 1.8 mil or something like that. And I just had to look at them and I was like, okay, are, are you serious? Or are, you, are mm-hmm. you just, are you really trying to figure this out? Or like, no, I'm really trying to figure this out. I'm like, I'd be shocked if you could find one. Yeah. Like, there's no, there's no way that I can fathom being able to make a house that big. Yeah for that amount of money. Yeah. You're, you're scaling down on the house quite a bit. And they're like, oh, okay, so what? So like 65? I'm like, no, 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 no. We're, we're, if you need that much space, there's there's no way that can happen. Yeah. I'm like, I actually had this, a very similar conversation just yesterday with a client mm-hmm. uh, that I'd gone through and given a full allocated cost breakdown, all of the line items. So, yeah. And I was walking them through the exercise I do in my kind of mind as I produce the allocated cost breakdown. And I do, I give a kind of a high level view over and I look over all the line items. Mm-hmm. And I often, I was like, he was blown away because the cost of what he wanted to do was about double what he expected. Yeah. You yeah. know, and he was just like, holy cow, there's just no way. I mean, we even started questioning at what we originally told you if we wanted to do this. Mm-hmm. And we're sitting at double. And I just said, listen, this is why I go through this exercise. Mm-hmm. I ask you as a potential client to review with me mm-hmm. and we can talk through budget line items right. because it does become reality. And to be frank, I was just, in a lot of ways, as shocked as you were, mm-hmm. but let's go through line items and you tell me where you think I'm crazy. Yeah. And then either I can justify it to you or we can cut it back based to your tastes mm-hmm. or at least put you within an allocated budget for that line item that you feel like you, okay, we can work there, right? Yeah. yeah. So we start talking through some line items and every line item, they're like, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're right. And before you know it, I go, okay, but you, this is where Excel doesn't lie. Sell A3 through, you know, Z3 equals X. Right. It's, it seems a little crazy when you go, wait, but that only left us $15,000 in plumbing fixtures. And that only left us $12,000 in light fixtures. And to your surprise, it came up to $2 million. Holy crap. Yep. You know, and I go, I know. It seems crazy. But when I ask you to break it down and you don't just look at like, wait, we can't do 7,000 square feet for $2 million. Right. You suddenly go through and you're like, and that only leaves me $15,000 for light pictures. 
You know, that doesn't seem that wild. And when a client knows that or says, okay, that's a Thermador appliance package, that's not yeah. the top, top, top. Yeah. Hold on. What are you talking about? Absolutely. So I do that exercise. The other exercise, I, you know, I, I often kind of keep my ear to the ground of what other people are building for. I had a friend recently complete his own personal home. They built custom, but I would call it, you know, custom on a on a budget, so to speak, you know, okay. scaled back yeah. to where it was their own personal home. They wanted to be in it as cheap as they could. They didn't mm -hmm. have any overhead fees from a general contractor. Mm -hmm. And he came out, uh, I want to say about 4,000 square feet at 195 bucks a foot. That was a basement, okay. unfinished. Okay. Okay. Even though a basement adds on, you know, let's say a hundred grand. So it doesn't add on a ton. It maybe takes you up to 205 bucks a foot. Okay. Remember, no no GC fees in there, no overhead fees, no uh, project okay. management fees in there. Okay. So maybe you tack on another 20% for that. Yeah. So now you're talking reality is 235 a foot with a finished basement on 4,000 square feet. You mm -hmm. and I both know just in, in this industry because we're professionals here that that really means a, a – Pretty traditional, you know, designed home. Yeah. Nothing wild. Nothing, no right? no bells and whistles. Yeah, three-car garage. Yeah. It's probably a nice house, nice kitchen, but it doesn't have a wine cellar. Yeah. Doesn't have a, a gym, doesn't have a pickleball court, yeah. right? No extra room. Right. So if you're, if you're counting all that, it, it probably didn't include his land costs. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it didn't include any landscaping. Mm -hmm. So that's my point is like, okay, the, in a lot of ways, the you got to look at it and go, the cheapest you can build with hiring somebody is... 250 to 35 ish a foot yeah but don't expect all the bells and whistles of what you see when you roll into a custom home you know so when i get clients calling and asking me i say hey yeah we really ought to start somewhere around 250 a foot plan on being ups around 350 to 375 a foot mm -hmm. and then the ceiling is open from there right you can easily go to 1200 a foot 2000 a foot Depends on how wild you get. Right. But if you want me to put together a budget for you at 250, 275, 325 a foot, mm -hmm. I believe I can do that based off plans. You know? <laughs> so yeah, it's but it's crazy. And then I go, cool. Did that conversation give you any confidence? <laughs> so now you're talking right. five thousand square feet at, mm -hmm. I don't know, well, two fifty a foot. You know, you do the math. Mm -hmm. Or three seventy five a foot. Well, hold on, you just gave me a million dollar sway. Yeah. I would, Kind of depends on what you pick. Yeah. What do you want? House. What do you want? You know, <laughs> what, what are your must-haves? Yeah, and the so whole thing. It's pretty crazy. Anyhow. All right, man. This is amazing discussion right now. I'm like stupid into it. So I think what we should probably do is just make this a part two. Yeah, man. You know, you know me. You get me talking. I'm gonna keep going. So if we're hitting a time, let's start a, a part two.